Now on Giddy Up, it's time for the Monday Means Test with Wayne Hawks and John O'Neill. Welcome back to Giddy Up. It's the Monday Means Test ready to go. We are live from the Riverside Complex here at Warwick Farm and day two of the classic sales are underway. It was a terrific day there yesterday. Their second ever best opening day at the classic sales at Warwick Farm. So Inglis are over the moon, but there's plenty to discuss and debate with the means test on uh, this Monday morning. So let's welcome in the team. Wayne Hawks, hello to you. Morning, Gareth Hall. Good to be uh, in the OB and uh, out in the real world and great to be at Warwick Farm and being an old Warwick Farm boy with the uh, Crown Lodge days. Yes. Quite uh, quite amazing, this English complex. They, Warwick Farm is the uh, has always been the poor cousin of Ramwick because it was always a, originally the ATC. It was Ramwick and Warwick Farm. And Warwick Farm was the poor cousin. But uh, with William Inglis coming on site, and for the people who don't realise, it would be from the top of the straight to about the, the 200 metre or 300 metre mark. So there's 17 acres of property here that William Inglis went from Ramwick to uh, Warwick Farm and they've got a 99-year lease and it has really made uh, made Warwick Farm a, a centrepiece for uh, for horse racing. Make sure you seize your moment with Inglis in 2023, Australia's leading thoroughbred auctioneer. Sale catalogues online now at inglis.com.au. Johnny O'Neill, it's a big good morning to you. We miss you. Where you are the biggest one of the biggest owners in the game. I thought you would be at the classic sales. Good morning, my friend. And I was just going to say, Hawksy did some of his best work as a young bloke out at Warwick Farm. So <laughs> he had uh, he had a lot of luck out there as a younger fella. I will say, Hawksy, I'm yeah. sitting in the oh, studio. Oh, you've already said it, fella. Mate, you've already I said am it. saying I'm sitting in the studio on Gareth's side, which is extraordinary. Yes. What about the quality of the seat that he sits on? It's, it's, a, it's a little higher than ours. It looks down on us. Got extra padding. It's got yep. heating in it. It's unbelievable. Yes. So on yes. uh, the massage, the butt massage. Yeah. So the oh, apprentice is sitting down. here. The apprentice is sitting in Gareth's seat. Uh, but I'm uh, I'm looking forward to discussing what was a wonderful uh, weekend of racing. We'll start off with my King's Gambit. We seem to talk about this stable and organisation nearly every week, but I don't think I've ever seen James Cummings. Um, trained better, and boy, he's got some team to work with. Animo in secret were both sensational in their returns. We have a chat to our guys in the mounting yard, and they indicated both horses have improvement in them after their first up performances. They've got Af Cabin, Golden Mile to go around this week. They dominated the two year old preludes there on Saturday afternoon at Sandown on the hillside track. He's a dollar oh one to be the leading group one trainer this season, James Cummings. So I would imagine Sheikh Mohammed might be giving him a bit of a pay rise, Wade Hawks. It could be another big season and a big carnival for the Blue Army. Well, you have to seize the moment, and that's what James has done uh, in 2022. He, uh, it's all right to uh, have, a, have a stable full of uh, wannabes at the start of the spring and the yeah. start of the autumn, but uh, you've got to get to the end of the spring and the end of the autumn and uh, tick a few boxes, and James has certainly... Uh, Certainly done that. They're uh, most of their horses are homebreds. They did buy in secret, but most of their horses are homebreds. And gee, they're uh, they're showing plenty of breeders uh, how to do it because what they're doing is they're breeding a race. They're not molly coddling these horses. They're not putting them in little yeah. little tiny paddocks and trying to sell them by the pound. What they're doing is uh, they're uh, putting them in beautiful big paddocks and letting them run around and roam around and. The best way to describe it is when we were kids, Gareth, we'd be kicked out the backyard or in the front yard and uh, and we'd roll in the grass and play around and that's what they do. Whereas a lot of these horses today are molly coddled too much because they are literally yeah. selling them by the pound. 
He's the and, complete package, yeah. G. He's the complete yeah. package, there's no doubt. Um, for a guy to get access to the horses that he's got is fine, but you've got to be able to deliver on the big stage, and he continues to do that. I think the way that he makes uh, his time available for everybody, I know that he had a really good open chat with you last week, Gareth. Yeah. Uh, and so he loves went, Gareth. Well, he, he, loves went, Gareth. he went through six or seven horses, and geez, they all ran well. Um, so for anybody that needs to tune in and uh, and want to have a bet, I uh, I was very happy to have something on in secret, all up Animo and a little bit on Barber as a result of what he said. So uh, I might throw my tips out the window and just listen to the show, Gareth. I think that's the go now. <laughs> Let's get through our categories now, and. Um, our first category is the debate. Of course, it's the protest, the CFO stakes, the group one at Sandown on Saturday. Um, Gentleman Roy was first past the post, but lost the race in the steward. Johnny O'Neill, what did you think about that, first of all? Well, I think as soon as they hit the line, um, you know, they interviewed JD, which was fantastic. And I think he was highlighting the fact it was his mum's birthday and it was a great present. And yeah. so all of a sudden, uh, the, the present blew up about you know, ten and a half minutes later. But, look, I will say that there was definitely interference. Uh, there was no doubt about that. That horse definitely came in and, and created some issues. So it's always difficult to to, um, to overturn and certainly in Group 1 races. But I think we've got to stick to the rules, mate. And uh, there's no doubt that Jack and I would have won the race clearly if uh, Gentleman Roy hadn't have sort of... Uh, hadn't have run out on him. I will say what a wonderful job the Hayes boys have done with that horse. It's, it's just continued to to improve um, and I think that horse I thought the other run of the race was um, was Mr Brightside I thought it was a huge yep. run too out wide so so they pushed forward with some nice horses going into into the carnival as well Wayne Hawks what did you think of this protest upheld or dismissed look it was a 50-50 call it's as simple as that and I suppose you know the doubters would say because you're on the short price favourite that gives him the upper hand but it always rings in my mind Terry Bailey former chief steward said Mr Hawks there's only one rule book and so it shouldn't matter whether it's a maiden, a bull, a mechanker or a group one, but it obviously does. But, uh, gee, it was a, probably a 50-50 call. Was there interference? There was. But the, the rules of racing state that has to be beyond reasonable doubt. So obviously the stewards thought that it was beyond reasonable doubt that uh, the protest was to be, uh, was to be upheld, but uh, bittersweet. I mean, the Hayes boys would have been off their chops for about two and a half minutes, and it's just... It's gut-wrenching. I mean, there's... You know what? This is no disrespect to anyone, but go and ask any trainer or jockey how many Group One winners they've uh, they've ever trained or you know or, or ridden or, for that matter, owners have raced. When you're at the elite level and you've gone past the post first and then they take it off in the stewards' room, it is horrendous. I can't remember a Group One race. Well, I, I haven't been involved in a Group One race like that, but I remember running second uh, in a Blue Diamond and Rodine beat Koozie by three and three quarter lengths and spanked us and. I remember when uh, the, when there was a positive swab, so slightly different scenario, and they brought back the trophy. And so technically, you've got written there, you've won a blue diamond, but it's certainly not the same yeah. feel. So would have been uh, it was nothing against Mick Kent and uh, Mick Price. It had nothing to do with them from their point of view. It was more the Hayes boys. I really, really felt sorry for them that it was just would have been such a terrible, terrible experience, and they had no control over what happens. And that's the hardest part about being a horse trainer. You're a golfer, you put the tee down, you put the ball down, you go whack, it's your issue. Mm. Whereas as a horse trainer, it's like the coach in the coach's box. And when you see the, the Wayne Bennett's and you know the mad, mad coaches, uh, Ken Hinkley's and those sort of guys go off, you can see why. Same as what we do in the, uh, in, in the training ranks. Johnny, we had a chat to our review team, Jules Valance, Dean Watling and, and Jack Dickens this morning. And 
when I asked them the question, I thought it was a simple question, like, should that protest be dismissed or upheld? But they're all confused. They don't understand sometimes why the stewards make certain decisions. I don't know why it is so confusing for everyone. It's surely black and white. If that horse was going to beat that other horse, if the interference didn't happen, well, it's upheld. If you didn't think that was going to be the case, then it's dismissed. Yeah, What's look, so think, confusing about that? Look, I think that's right. But, I mean, there's always the emotion um, in any of that stuff, isn't there? And it is very, very hard to overturn uh, the winner. There's no doubt about that. But for me, once I saw the head-on and probably the, the footage that really closed it for me, and, and I thought the coverage was great. I didn't actually go to the races on Saturday, but I spent some time at home on the telly watching it. And I will say the footage and the coverage was fantastic. And... The, the, the bit that closed it for me was the, was, was the back view. The horse definitely yeah. made severe contact, I thought. And, um, you know, I mean, I, I know we were saying it's 50-50. That's probably because we hate taking uh, the race away from the winner. But for, for mine, it was definitely upheld. I wasn't, I wasn't uh, privy to watch it on TV, Johnny, but did, did it go to the stewards' room and hear Chief Steward Robert Cram talk or not? post-race. Um, Hawksy, to be honest, I was betting in other areas, so, <laughs> <laughs> so I'd flick channels. But having said that, but having said that, um, what I will say is I did think the coverage was good. Mick looked pretty, uh, Mick Price looked pretty stressed uh, sitting outside the stewards' room with the cameras on him for 15 minutes, so it might have been nice if they had left him alone for a minute. But um, I, think, I think what we need to do, though, is there, there's one thing to be watching it from a stewards' room point of view, but I think what we need to do in the era of transparency and everything like that, I think what we need to do is, uh, at some stage, Chief Steward Robert Cram, actually, even if they put it on YouTube or all the social media products that we have today to actually explain in layman's terms. Let's not get too technical, right? You know, and we do speak another language, the racing industry people, but I think we need to put it out there for everyone to be able to to, uh, to see. And you know what? Even if they did it after the last and Robert Cram had a, uh, you know, a pointer and pointed to the stick and things like what they do when they show the cricket replays and everything, yeah. to go to next level because, Johnny, it's very... You know, it's it, it's a millimetre in it. it. It's one one hundredth of a second in an Olympic Games final. It's the, you know, the ball that just, you know, you look at the tennis this year and it's so simple for everyone to see when the ball was in, the ball was out, blah, blah, blah. I think we need to make it a little bit more simpler for uh, for the normal racing goer to uh, to actually see what uh, went on because plenty of people are still confused and it's three days uh, after the event. And how, how good are those Hayes boys, to be honest? Like... I mean, they trained the last winner. They were up and about. They're obviously um, disappointed, but, you know, they're back up at the sales, and JD sent me a text yesterday, and just really good young stock. Obviously, their old man was a star, and, and so was their grandfather, and all, probably all of the family, right? Uncle, they've, they've just had an amazing um, sort of upbringing, but just to see those guys brush that off, don't worry about looking in the rear vision mirror, because it doesn't yeah. do any of us any good. And, uh, you know, off, off they go, and... Um, and, and continue to drive on. So be assured, they'll, they'll place that horse. He'll, he'll win a Group 1, that horse, gentlemen, the, the, the way he ran. There's no doubt. Was it a good race? Yeah. Was, it, was, it, was it a good race? That you, you take away Thunderstruck and Jack and O. Gee whiz, I, I don't care. I'm going to say it. I reckon it was a pretty average race myself. Yeah, like, well, you can only beat what's there to be beaten, and you don't, as a, as a representative of your horse, put the other stock in. But, gee, I reckon they're light on some of these races. And are we at the point now where we need to look at some of these Group 1s and say, do they really classify as a Group 1? Now, I know I've just opened a massive can of worms in saying that, but there's other races like the Everest and races like that that should be Group 1s. And I reckon if you're not 
if you've been a bit uh, gone by the wayside in the last few years, I mean, there's a race like the CF4 is a race and it's a time-honoured race, but I reckon the Group 1 should move around a maybe, little bit. Maybe the CF4 stakes needs to be pushed back to the latter part of November next year, Johnny. Oh. Yeah, please don't even get me involved in that. Yeah. But, but what, what I will say, Hawksy, just in, in answering that, is that I, I really believe the first five or six horses in that race, so obviously Jack and Owen, Gentleman Roy, I thought Nugget was a huge run. Um, I think that's a pretty progressive Is Nugget a weight for age group one horse? Let's be fair, Dinkum. Well, look, Come I mean, on, yeah, you started and, it. And probably not, but, you know, I mean, if Thank we, you. We, we could probably ask Luke Merrill that, who's the form genius who bought <laughs> oh, that horse. Oh, stop it. I just saw Jamie Lovett walking past, saw Jamie Lovett walking past before. Oh, where was, is, where was is Luke, Jamie was Lovett? Luke, <laughs> Was Luke, Luke walking, was Luke walking behind with a, with a diary and a pen? Um, anyway, Don't I'm, you start. I thought I'm thunderstruck and bright He was at the back of the tent here trying to uh, pull it down. Yeah, and I thought Aegon ran all right, so I thought the first six, yeah. you know, look, probably not, but those horses will all find their right group one, mate. I've got no doubt. Yep. Oh, right. You're more hopeful than me, Johnny. I reckon it was a pretty lackluster race to see for. We'll take a break here on the, the means test. The boys are already fired up off the front foot. On the other side of it, we'll have a talk about the stewards room. Did Josh Park it enough for decking half the field there in uh, the English Millennium? John Kissick's brain fade, misjudging the winning post. We'll have a chat about our curiosity. We've got, of course, uh, Matty Becker will be joining us, one of the leading bloodstock men in the game. Looking forward to that. And Jack Revolt will be our special guest a little later on. He's the man leading the way for the inevitable to try um, and get into the All-Star Mile in a couple of weeks. Oh, we're about five weeks away, the All-Star Mile. So don't go anywhere. You're with Gareth Hall, Wayne Hawks and Johnny O'Neill here on the Means Test. Giddy up on this Monday morning. We're live from the Lakeside Complex here at Warwick Farm at um, the English Classic Sales. This is day two of the sales and it's off to a fly already, but it's now time for the stewards room on the means test. Gareth Hall, Johnny O'Neill and Wayne Hawks with you. Um, Josh Parr was given 20 meetings uh, for decking half the field, but causing the fall of Tom Marguan, who was aboard Dorothy Gale there on Saturday in the English Millennium. Now, he gets 20 meetings, Hawksy. Um, is that enough? If that was your horse or your boy riding that horse, I think the best the best way for me to describe it is he went in and was very remorseful and Correct. he walked in and said, "I'm wrong, I'm guilty. Let's not stuff around. Let's get straight to the point." I know that because I know people that are in the room and I was told that that he walked straight in and went, "Oh my God, I've done the wrong thing here. Let's not." Uh, he said, "She said, they said. Let's just roll it out." That still doesn't mean that if you've robbed a bank and you plead guilty that you get away with it but yeah. it's <clears throat> the part, this is this is this is the line here what annoys me is you get 20 meetings now the same thing happens in june and you get 20 meetings it's a massive massive difference i think it should be a sliding scale on where you're at where you are yeah. i mean if you're if you're a bush jockey and you're from dubbo and there's a 3 day dubbo carnival coming up and you're it and you get suspended two weeks before the Dubbo Carnival, it's your spring carnival. So but don't get suspended. No, I get that. But the bottom line is it's the heat of the moment and no one goes out. We, we, 
they ride tight and they want to keep old mate in and they know where the favourite yeah. is, but you're not actually going out trying to deck someone like that. So 20 meetings this time of the year is a massive, massive thing for that jockey. If it was in June, give him two months, that would be the same reality, so, I reckon. So Josh Parr's a lovely bloke. He's a great ambassador for the game. and He made a mistake. He, he, made, a, he, made, a, he made a big mistake. Now, he Andrew did. Gaff's a good kid, but he still broke Andrew Brayshaw's jaw. Um, he was remorseful and he regretted it, but he got he missed a grand final. He missed a premiership because of that that brain fade, Johnny. So um, I think it's a fine line when jockeys like that they do go and risk their lives every time that they go out and compete. And I know they're racing for big money, but it's it's a terrible look for the game when you see something like that. I think the three key things here, Gareth, are first of all, how's Dorothy Gale, the racehorse? Yep. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. Maybe we can chase up Annabelle. I did see some social media afterwards, and I know she just won the race, but she was certainly over with the horse and the strapper and a couple of other people making sure the horse was fine. So I think that's number one. Number two, Tommy, it's very important that we check up on him, and I'm sure you'll do that as well. I think point yep. three, mate, is that Josh Parr's a great rider. These, these guys ride very tight. Uh, these horses are... Three, four, five, five hundred and fifty, six hundred kilos. They're all at high speed. They're all inexperienced in that race. You know, running for big money. And at the end of the day, I think we can have opinions on this, but we need to lead the professionals in the business to make the decisions on that stuff, mate. Yep. Those guys are working so hard, riding track work. They love the horses. They'd never endanger each other. And it often makes me laugh, mate. Like you know, there's this massive competitive push between the jockeys, but at the end of the day. They're all battling it out to try to win. And then if you try to catch up with them on a Saturday night, there's 14 of them all in the one room together because they're all mates, you know. Yeah. So same, same with the footy team. So I think at the end of the day, um, let's just leave that to the professionals. And, and as you say, 20 meetings at this time of the year is significant. But let's worry about the horse and worry about Tommy. And I'm sure Josh has probably been in to see Tom too, mate. I would imagine yeah, I'll already. I'll, t- so. I'll tell you what, uh, that, that, that horse near should have won too. It was going well. I'm yeah, not, well, I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying the wind's a superstar. Gale. Yeah, I'm not saying the wind's a superstar, but I haven't seen a good two-year-old this year. I it's, have. Uh, I have. I've you seen, have. Yeah, no, where? I've seen. I've where? seen a couple. Where? Well, Hawksy, I mean, I'm sure. No, where? I'm, that, well, that, <laughs> no, no, no. That, just that spit horse, it out, that, mate. That horse We're all won. listening. That horse that won on the weekend was yeah. on the wrong leg for 500, sat six and seven deep, was throwing its head round, and only ever balanced up and went bang. I've, I've never seen. I put a line through it. 500 from home. So Does it, it was, win the it Golden Slipper win. then? Does it win the Golden yeah, Slipper then? It'll win the Slipper. Sorry, just repeat that. There, there's only there's only three just horses that can that win the, the Slipper. There's three horses <laughs> that can win the Slipper. Please, what are they? Uh, if he doesn't run Barber down here, but he probably will, uh, learn to fly and uh, VC. Oh. Hey, Gigi's hard. Gigi hasn't missed you today. Hawks, no, he's, he was he's, on the front yeah, foot well, there. I, I'm getting early because I know I know what's coming. I what know about, what's coming. What about just what about Cafe Millennium, Johnny? That was a big effort in that first race. It was a huge run. It was a huge run. I'd like to see it do that again. I've never. Se- right. I mean, that was a very good run. But I'd like to see. I'd definitely like to see that again. Whilst we're Hawksy. on that, whilst we're on that, you yeah. guys up in Sydney, have you been out for dinner up there, Hawksy? Have you been to any frequented any Chinese restaurants after your performance last week? I went to Mr. Wong's the other night. Did they were you? very, very, How'd very you hospitable. That? Did you enjoy that? Love Mr. Wong's. Chinese is my uh, my second uh, 
second language. E a san so uli chi ba so. That's yeah, one to very ten good. in, uh, very good. in uh, now, Mandarin. Very good. Yeah. Ah, didn't think I'd know that, just, did you? Now, just a couple more um, <laughs> from the stewards' room. I've got to get back on track here. John Kissick, he put his hand up. He made a, a big mistake. It was a brain fade. I've <laughs> seen that too often. Um, with um, misjudging the winning post there, Johnny. Your thoughts there? Yeah, pretty disappointing. And again, um, you know, he's a, he's been a good rider. He was down here riding for a while. I think he was yeah. apprenticed to, to Freeman's for a while, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Um, so, look, you know, he's made a blue, put his hand up, and he'll get his time. What about the yes, Not way? good, not good. Well, no. we had Reese McLeod one night at Mooney Valley do it and, uh, many years ago, and Michael Poy... Uh, was a kite and he did yeah, it that day? Did it, yeah, it, it does happen. Champion harness racing driver Gary Hall Jr. has done it on a few occasions. Oh, misjudging the lumps. Shouldn't, well, I, I will also say, guys, happen, that, that yeah. 1,100 metre shoot or whatever it is at Sandown with the double That was our post, please explain, a, Johnny. Oh, my God. How what bad? about that? I thought we were... Oh, anyway, it just it's that's very confusing. So if it's confusing for us watching it, imagine how confusing it is for the guys that go for home and think, here we go, and then there's still another hundred and something to go. It, My God. it looks like you're watching the Flemington jump outs. Yeah, it does. It does. Having said that, geez, the track <coughs> race well. So, uh, you know, yep. the, the, the track manager's done a wonderful job. I suppose well, it's only Where was the rail on Saturday? The rail was, was eight out, out or ten out. Oh, or ten. Ten for a group one day. Really? Unreal. Unreal. Really? But, I mean, the I mean, track was be... in great nick. It was in good nick. I know they're going to get flogged in the next few weeks and everything, but gee whiz, I mean, the the track race did the track did race all right, but gee whiz, when when you got Group One days and the rails out that far, oh yeah, I'm not sure about that. We'll take the news. This is the means test. John O'Neill, Wayne Hawks, Gareth Hall, Matty Becker, the man that buys the horses for Johnny O'Neill, is about to join us because I've got a curiosity with the Bloodstock agents. I, I want to know what they actually do, and Matty Becker is going to be able to tell us straight after the news here on Giddy Up on this Monday morning. Welcome back to Giddy Up on this Monday morning. This is the means test. Seize your moment with Inglis in 2023. Australia's leading thoroughbred auctioneer. Sale catalogues online now at inglis.com.au. You can hear Wayne Hawks putting his microphone on in the Sorry background. There, if you're just wondering what... I was what, just opening up the window what, here. What the hell that noise is. <laughs> hey, Johnny, a couple of curiosities here. Um, Wayne Hawks has been coming to Sydney for 30-odd years and he's never been to Manly, would you believe? Like, he never gets out, Johnny. Mate, he demolished them out in Warwick Farm as a young man. He used to cut, he used to cut through them like a locust in a field of uh, of wheat. It was a now I'm a locust. It was a frightening thing to see what he could do. Um, and I think Mate, that was four, I, that I was forty kilos ago, you know. And uh, and I will also say that there's only one man that's allowed to unleash in Manly, and that's you, Gareth. You yes. own that place yourself. That's a good point, You're mate, Johnny. Side. Now the other curiosity is that Wayne's got one for you. No, Manly. For the people who have never been to Manly, and I've been coming to Sydney since I was 16 years of age, lived at Warwick Farm and Rose Hill on and off for the last 25 years, and I never knew the place existed. It's, it's, you know what? It's like Disneyland for adults. It's yeah. quite amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, seriously. I mean, and, and what about this? What about this, Johnny? Saturday afternoon, I went to races Friday night and said to my brother, "I'll go Friday night, you go Saturday." So it's Saturday afternoon off, and, and out I went to Manly, Gareth Hall. Signing autographs, kissing babies, taking selfies, just with the general public. Yeah. I mean, anyway. giddy up's bigger than what, what we think. He's got a couple of Johnny. suburbs in Melbourne. He, he controls now, the Brighton area. We need Gareth, to get back on track here, Johnny. <laughs> and now South you're, Melbourne. You're another another um, curiosity, your own nose have been famous on giddy up since you've commenced your career here on SEN Track. Um, but you're putting in a sauna in your house. 
Have you seen my what's stomach? That, what's that go? You've seen my stomach, Gareth. Okay, I need, I thought I need you to would... do something about it. No, look, I need to relax, Gareth. Yes. And I've got Camden McIntosh from the Richmond Footy Club started this sauna business. So he's rolling one out at my place. Well, he's just finished that one, on, which is really good. He's rolling one out at your place. Yes, and he's, and he's and as a result of that, B Mellum's tuned in on the Instagram and said, how do I get one of them? Yeah. So Camden was over there last weekend uh, setting one up at uh, at uh, Jamie Carr and Ben's place. It's all happening, mate. It's all the, happening. the other curiosity that I had was bloodstock agents. I'm fascinated with what their jobs are when they come to the sales because they all seem to be like they're millionaires, the Bloodstock agents. And Matty Beck is one of the very best in the business and he joins us here, joins us now live at the Riverside Complex for day two of the classic sales here, um, thanks to Inglis. Matty, thanks for joining us, mate. Great to have you on the show. Yeah, no worries, Gareth. Thanks uh, for having me. So how did you get into the game? Kind of born into the industry, Gareth. My father's a, um, a stud manager and he's, I was yeah. sort of raised on a horse property and... He's still, they still here. My younger brother still run that to this day. So they, I was sort of always born into the industry and wanted to follow. Actually, wanted to be a trainer when I first kicked off and yeah. did cut my teeth under the Hawks team. To be oh, honest, did you? yeah, I did. Just spent many years working for them and yeah, just found my way into bloodstock after that. What setting back stories? a long way, setting back a long way doing <laughs> yeah. that. That's why he's bloodstock aging. <laughs> <laughs> to be to be to be fair, uh, Matthew's dad Mike is uh, is a very very well known uh, within the industry. Uh, what would you call him? A uh, stud master, I suppose, mm. is the right choice to work. We have some weird analogies, don't we? Stud master. Mounting enclosure. Yeah, sounds like your early days in Warwick Farm to me. <laughs> 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 I wasn't. I'll anyway. be chin again there. Hey, <laughs> yeah, Johnny just uh, he lined that up from a long way out. Hey, Matty, so, so your job at these classic sales, for instance, um, I'm just going to say a story just before we go. Michael Kett Jr. had the worst shorts on I've ever seen, and he's made a he's made a wardrobe change mid sales on day two. Oh, that's that's unbelievable. <laughs> anyway, Matty, um, so what's your role here? What are you looking for? What what do you try and find at these classic sales? Look, any any sale, whether it's classic sale or it's Magic Millions, you're just trying to find the athletes in, in, amongst a, a large bunch of horses. For, for, I predominantly help Johnny and uh, Aussie Keir and and their team. Uh, I'd, I'd give advice and try to find a, 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 one voice of, of a few that um, that they rely on to to find these horses. So I just sort of look through the through them all and try to find something that I think that's going to appeal for their group. I know what they want to race on that little level of horse that they're looking for. So it's just it's an ongoing search. It's whether yep. it, we're at Classic Sale, Magic Millions, uh, with Triad Horses in New Zealand or Europe, we're always just looking for the athletes that might get them into these Group One races. Johnny, how do you, as an owner, what do you like? How would you, do you always work with bloodstock agents? Yeah, look, we use um, Matt first and foremost. Um, we just find that his process, um, the amount of work that he does behind the scenes, Gareth, in uh, in not only matching pedigrees but actually looking at types. Uh, he travels everywhere, mate, for us. Um, and you know, Aussie and him have got a wonderful relationship, as as I have a great relationship with with Matty as well and we really trust his process so we use him and and as Matty said we use Will Bourne at Kieran's as well because we trust well, him I knew he'd get a mention he, 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 you know, he's overseas he's actually he's, yeah, well he is he's overseas for his birthday he's at the uh, he's at the Super Bowl today but but anyway yep. so so back to Matty um we just we just love his process you know he's um he's very honest he's very focused um and he goes through so much detail with Aussie and myself uh and he's it's very comforting to know that um, you know our group of owners can always reach out 
to him and he'll spend time and go through and explain what he's looking for. I think a really good example of that is the horse that he bought for us yesterday. Um, and Matt, you might want to give us a bit of a rah-rah on it. By a cult that I'd never heard of that's related to a, a horse that's very dear to us out of a pins mare. Um, so a little bit left field, but a beautiful type. Yeah, that's right. I mean, we bought a colt by Ardross and I sent it through to Ozzy and John uh, earlier in the week. I just said, I've, I've narrowed my list down. It's a short list of one. Basically, there's one horse that I just want to buy. It's by Ardrossen. And I know, well, who, who's Ardrossen? Well, I, I mean, Ardrossen was a, a, probably a horse who never really fulfilled his true potential. He was a brilliant two-year-old, a son of Redoot's Choice. He was originally trained in New Zealand. Um, I think he won his first couple on the bounce in New Zealand. Looked like he was going to be a Group 1 star for sure. And he suffered a heart strain, and he never really ever fully achieved uh, his full potential. And he was retired to Waikato Stud. And Waikato, as you know, are, are, are the best breeders in New Zealand, some of the best breeders in this side of the world. Mm. And um, they sent this colt over, and as soon as I saw him, I was like, well, he's, he's nearly as good a type of colt as I've seen all year at okay. any of the sales as a physical. Um, and just as it happens, the Ardrossen's actually, um, he's a brother to, to incentivise that the guys have obviously had a lot of racing uh, success with. So there's a little tie in there yeah. to, to, to the team. But uh, no, he was just a beautiful colt. Yeah, 20% for you, Matty, for Johnny O'Neill. Is that what you get on top? <laughs> no, I don't know about that. No, we just, uh, we just, work, I just, it all goes into the team. We're oh, just, okay. Yeah, yeah. Ozzy hey, and I um, were doing our best to try to buy him dinner last night at Felix, but we couldn't get through. So yeah. don't worry, we'll, we'll, we'll square it up with you, Matty, when we see you. So, um, so the premier sale's coming up in a couple of weeks' time. Your thoughts on that sale? I think it'll be a really strong sale. I, I, I think um, Premier year on year has been getting stronger. There's certain vendors, really good vendors, that target that sale with their best, like, like the likes of Gilguy Stud, who, who exclusively go to Melbourne Premier. You always find a good, uh, a good horse at Melbourne. So, yeah, we're really keen to get there for sure. One other thing about the Melbourne sale is, Matty, is that uh, I've noticed looking around the complex, very few Melbourne trainers are here. So, if you and your people would say why, well, one reason would be to a lot of Melbourne trainers have Victorian owners. They want to get their owners actually on course, which is at William Inglis in Melbourne. Whereas you come up here to Sydney, a lot of these horses are Bob's Vobus, uh, sorry, Bob's Bonus. In Melbourne, we have the Vobus Bonus. So I reckon a lot of the Melbourne guys are keeping their powder dry and yep. waiting for uh, waiting for the Melbourne mm. sale because there hasn't, I, I mean, there's been some, I mean, I don't think I've seen Peter Moody here. We know Kieran's at the Super Bowl. G'day, Kieran, wherever you are in row three, sitting with the coach, I'm sure he would be. Um, but you know what? There's lots yeah, of trainers. Absolutely. The, the, the bonus the teams. The Zaras, are, all those people, yep, they're not here. Yep. They're, they're really important are. to those guys, the, the bonus schemes, and they, yeah. they will target those sales. Good on you, Matty. No worries, Thanks for Darren. joining us, no mate. Well done. All. Job well done. And, um, yep, hopefully you can win that group one um, with that colt. Yeah, well, let's hope so. I yep. think he's a good chance anyway. So good on you, rate, Matty. He rates you higher than Will Bourne. That's on yeah, record. Yeah, there we go. We've got that. Yeah. We're, we're going to tweet that out. That's on record. We're going to tweet that out. Well done, coming Matty. on, Matty. Good to speak yeah, 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 Matty, Matty, Matty you, Becker, <laughs> the bloodstock agent to the stars. We'll take a break and we'll come back with a special guest, Jack Revolt, the pride of Tassie, to have a chat about the inevitable who's trying to get into the All-Star Mile, and he was Dominic yesterday at Hobart on his home track. <laughs> Is this for Johnny? <laughs> it's not for Johnny. Really? Welcome back to Giddy Up, the king of the Richmond Football Club oh, and the king the, of Tasmania. Oh, the king is here. We have royalty. 
Yes, Jack Revolt joins us because he is the man that is trying to get the inevitable into the All-Star Mile, and he was dazzling the little fella yesterday. He's a little bit like Liam Baker, the inevitable. He's small, but he's got a big heart, and um, he's been getting the job done. Jack, welcome to Giddy Up and the Meats Test. It's great to have you on, mate. Hey, boys. How are we going? Good, thanks. What did you make of the inevitable yesterday? Can he win an All-Star Mile? Oh, well, yesterday was an absolute canter and for the pumpers, especially down at the Richmond Football Club that took the $2.10 that was available on Tuesday, boys. They were celebrating as uh, as it walked over the line in the uh, in the listed race yesterday. So, Tassie getting a football side, hopefully. That announcement still hasn't been um, made, which we thought it was about four or five months ago that was going to be the case. But anyway, you, you could be winning an all-star mile. Um, the jack jumpers are flying at the moment, Jack. How big would it be if the inevitable the inevitable could win an all-star mile for Tassie? Well, Gareth, it'll be, it'll be pretty big. Um, so from my point of view, there's a, there's yeah. a bit of a, an interesting connection there. I've got a few mates that actually own the inevitable. So uh, long football friends that were there in the early days of the Clarence Football Club for myself that have found themselves in okay. what is looking to be a pretty smart horse. And their trainer, Johnny O'Neill, I think it reminds me of you a little bit, Scotty Brunton. Mad. Well, I think I think he's got a lot of idea, if that's why <laughs> you're referring him to me, mate. Yeah. Uh, but, look, you know, I mean, as I said, uh, look, it's an exciting time. Jack was rah, rah, rahing all week about what a moral it was on the, on the weekend, and sure enough, it did salute. And I know that he was uh, celebrating pretty hard and had all the boys wound up, which was good. So let's hope the horse gets over. I'm sure it'll get into the race. G and let's hope uh, let's hope it performs well. You know, tell you what it is though, it is a very very good thing for Tasmanian racing because we're a national game and I know we have all this Melbourne Sydney love hate relationship and everything. But I watched the uh, I watched the race and I just went wow. I didn't know what the horses were behind it, but the bottom line is it didn't matter because I mean he flogged him. Yeah. He flogged them, should I say? And I mean he actually went to roll in under, under a bit of pressure and old man had to stop riding. Imagine if he had to ridden him out, he would have won by about twelve. Now while we've got Jack on, um, geez, Johnny O'Neill sledged you a couple of weeks ago on this show, Jack. Um, <laughs> about how you're the worst payer at the Richmond Football Club when, when it comes to um, fixing up the trainers' bills with, with Solcom. I thought that was a little bit harsh, but Rude. I thought we'd give you the opportunity for your right of reply. Uh, yeah, it didn't go unnoticed, Gareth. But, uh, <laughs> certainly did not go unnoticed. Uh, no, I, look, you accept feedback and you move on. Um, <laughs> But I think uh, I actually think Liam Baker might be one of the worst players out of everyone. I know you've just likened him to the inevitable. But, uh, he's got really short arms. He's obviously short in stature, but very, very short arms that don't get into his pockets very often. So he uh, he rides the coattails of his uh, his landlord, Jaden Short, way too much for mine. I'm actually looking forward to the day that. Uh, well, I mean, Jack's obviously going to go around again this year. I went down and watched a, a scratch match, a little uh, four four quarter, fifteen minute muck around. He kicked nine, yeah. uh, and was spinning it on his finger. I've never seen anything like it. So, I'm sort of looking forward to him extending the career by another couple of years. I'm sure Carly'd be happy about that. Mm. And then he might go down and take the premier's role in in Tassie and set up the footy and the racing. And I mean, he's got the power. We know he's got the power, Gareth. Yeah. What's what's what's, ama- what's amazing, Jack, is he just put a, he just put his own sauna in the house. He's he's dropping names like Ben Mellum and Mark Zarr and Jamie Carr. Is it true that he's buying the block of land next door and putting a mini footy field with a couple of goal sticks up the end and going to get you rounders uh, as well? 
Well, Wayne, I'm, I'm not too sure, to be honest, but I do know that that sauna he's put in was built by Camden McIntosh, and there is not a hope in hell I'd be stepping one toe inside that thing. And as in regards to playing another two years, I'm just pulling up at an obstetrician's appointment for my third child, and if I think I go in there and tell Carly I'm playing two more years, the baby might be coming out today. Beautiful. And Luke Murrell's just sent a text message in and says that Jack's got a far better turn of foot than Sulkham, Johnny. Thank you. very, And that's probably true, too. That's probably true, too. Are we backing him to win the Melbourne Cup, Jack? Uh, well, I don't know if he still sits in the sort of favourite position. I think the last run was sort of the trial to see if we can get him over 1,600 to, to, um, to 2,000 metres. But uh, it turns out he might just be a Cups horse for us. But it's been uh, two runs into Australia, and we're, we're still pretty excited about what the journey is looking forward ahead for him. So... Um, Fingers crossed we're there on, the, on that first Tuesday in, uh, in November. And Jackie Love Boy, Jack, yeah. as you know, mate, as you know, it is about responsible gambling. But having said that, with that horse Melbourne Cup Day, the more you bet, the more you win. 1-800-858-858. Thanks for your time, mate. You're your heart and soul of Tassie. Wonderful ambassador for your beautiful state and the inevitable. It would be great to see him in the All-Star Mile with your mates. As Johnny would say, who haring at Mooney Valley. And Bear Robertson, one of our great mates on this show, also involved there. So, mate, we wish you the best of luck with that particular assignment to get him into the um, All-Star Mile. And um, looking forward to you winning another Norm Smith this week. Yeah, thanks, guys. I appreciate it. And if they do, if it does salute, stay right away from Bear Robertson. That crew, I'll be putting a wide berth on them. <laughs> Good on you, Jack. That's Jack Revolt. Joining us on the means test. We'll take a break and we'll come back with Oh No straight after this. The means test on Giddy Up. Oh no, if you're a Chiefs fan, because Eagles in their first drive have scored a, a touchdown. So they lead 7 zip in Super Bowl 57 there in Phoenix. My oh no is like, I, I read the front page of the Daily Telegraph. Plot to turf New South Wales. The other states ganging up on Peter Volandis and uh, trying to exile him. Um, I just wish everybody would work together as one. We should be a big family in this country when it comes to this beautiful sport of ours, Wayne. There is a statue of Peter Volandis out the front here. Yes. Yes. Now, what do you think of that story quickly? Next. All right, then. Oh, no, Johnny O'Neill? Well, I fall in again, Gareth, don't I? Like, <laughs> across the board, and we always talk through the punting eyes. I think it's important to yeah. do that for, uh, <laughs> for our listeners because we all yeah. enjoy the, the benefits of the information that is provided Certainly by James coming. Fancy, fancy me backing a Western Australian horse. Fancy thinking. He was unlucky. Well, oh, fighting words with unlucky. Gareth. Here I'm we go. Just telling you, I know all that. I fell into it. It was just ridiculous. I mean, it was a terrible ride. Ollie's a seven out of ten man. <laughs> He's unreal seven times out of ten. All of the elite guys <laughs> are there. J Mac nine, Jamie Carr eight. Then we've got a few on seven. He's one of the seven, so he slaughtered it. <laughs> Any danger, he could have just pushed out a bit further so we could have run third for the hole. We couldn't do that either. But it was a terrible ride, and I fell into these ridiculous Perth horses yeah. come over on these ratings. Lace, laced up heels, I fell into it as well. Never again. I'll never do it again. I don't think... And look, what I will say is Bob Peters has got some beautiful horses over there, and hasn't he led the charge for years? And, <laughs> yeah. you know, from a successful perspective, we've been able to bring nice horses over from Perth, but... 
you can leave me right out of all of them. Thanks. So you're saying that Bob should stay home and he should keep Pike there? Is that what you're well, saying, John? What, I, what I'm Whoa! saying is I'm not making that comment. I think Bob, what are you I think, saying? I think Bob's a legend of the game, and I think he's done a wonderful job breeding and bringing these horses over. But whatever process he's working on at the moment, the way that that thing of his went in the ore, I don't know what's going on. I don't know who's <laughs> Gareth won't be commenting there. Well, no, I think I better I, just I jump. I said it's been a 12 months to forget for Uncle Bob, but um, yeah. he'll bounce back. And Johnny, looking will. forward to jo- looking forward to going out. For um, with you for dinner when we go to Perth for the quokka. It'll be, be, be a lot of fun. Security you know, I'm going to bring my Bob Peters T-shirt over because I'm a yeah. big fan of Bob. I'm not saying I'm, so I'm no. never falling in again, ever. Your own no, Hawksy, my, in a minute. My own no was uh, Mr Mozart in uh, personal hat on in Sydney on Saturday. Fair thinking. If you go to Ramwick now, he's still trying to get out 48 oh. hours after the event. But a quick oh yes, Canterbury Friday night, Jason Collett. We're pretty good on the oh no's. Yeah. But Jason Collett's ride in race seven is one for the archives. Yeah. But I'll tell you what the biggest I know of the morning was, because it's nearly wrap-up time. How many more names can Johnny drop in a one-hour segment? Like, he has got every superstar on, except for uh, Luke Murrell, yeah. this morning. Like, fair. You're you? just jealous I'd, he never drops like your name. name. I'll tell you what, I'd love to drop <laughs> one more name. Who? A four-year-old gelding by Shalar called Smashing Eagle. Didn't it just sneak under the guard? One of Hawksy's yesterday. Yeah, he just left sat us out. back with Joe McNeil and just click yeah. up Winby five. Eight, Johnny $8 just dollars into two. G more, all the Hong Kong money on. Just, nothing just quickly, for us. Johnny. Gareth, we've got nothing. ten seconds. VC for the Blue Diamond. <laughs> they want to know the punters. Only four chances: Barber, Steel City, VC, and Little Bros. That's all it. Right. All over. Lo- love your work, Johnny. Love Thanks you. for Great that. Great to see you, boys. Good on you, Hawksy. See you, mate. Great to be here. I'll be back tomorrow morning live from the Riverside Complex for day three of the sales, but it's now Trot's Life at 11 o'clock on SEN Track, or you can listen to the Super Bowl with Jared Waitley, of course, on our other platforms. Have a wonderful day.